John McAfee did not kill himself either. Or did he? This is the Fedora Chronicles radio show for July 1st, 2021. Jason Cousineau and I are going to King Fisk discuss the bizarre life and the alleged suicide of one of Big Tech's most controversial characters, John McAfee, who died last week under unusual circumstances. Two years before, John McAfee warned us that if the news ever broke that he committed suicide in prison, he was obviously silenced, just like Jeffrey Epstein on August 10th, 2019. So, just last week, it was reported that indeed, John McAfee killed himself while alone in a prison cell in Spain on June 23rd, 2021, just after the news broke that he would be extradited to the United States on various criminal charges and tax evasion. Why would the United States government kill him? And why would they make it look like a suicide? What secrets did he keep? What would have been the consequences if he testified on his own behalf during his trial? Was he trying to warn us about the deep state and share his secrets that he learned while working in the tech industry? What did John McAfee know about the surveillance programs run by the National Security Agency, such as PRISM? Or is this just one conspiracy theory that is light on the conspiracy and weak on the theories? Because John McAfee would rather die as an urban legend than spend the rest of his life in prison. This is the Fedora Chronicles Radio Show's special report, The Life and Times of John McAfee. Stay tuned. Prison hanging feels so wrong and so right. So right. <laughs> so Jay and, Jay and I had this entire episode all mapped out. We are actually going to do an episode of just him and I talking about our travel experiences because we haven't done that in a long time, if ever. And I wanted to share my insights with the listeners about how travel changes you. And I was going to start with... A, the quote from Anthony Bourdain talking about how travel changes you and talking about a little bit about the upcoming documentary about his life and how Anthony Bourdain touched so many people through his travel shows and his books and his, his attempt to try and be a better person by seeing how other people around the world lived and talking about hospitality and a, a wide range of topics. That's what we were going to do in this episode. And right. I got and that was I the plan. I was I was working on uh, the show page. I was working on how we were going to talk about how uh, I was going to end the show talking about how travel changes you and how you have to be careful and not let the daily routine of life try and change you back because. When I got on the airplane this Monday to fly home uh, after spending five days with my aunt and a, a new friend that I'm working on, working with on his podcast, I felt like I was a better person. I was a I got off the airplane and I felt like I was a better version of Eric Fisk. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Okay. And then the very next day at work, <laughs> shit goes sideways. And I'm just like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this job anymore. 
And I can't deal with the fact that we are so desperate for new workers. We're not only are we scraping the bottom of the barrel, we're scraping the bottom of barrels uh, that we shouldn't even be opening in the first place. There are some barrels we should not be scraping. Um, and it was just like it was, there was an altercation with somebody who I'm pretty sure is out on a work release program for spending time in prison as for being a violent offender. As a matter of fact, I think I got confirmation that this guy went to jail as a violent offender and there was an altercation and I could kind of feel like real life trying to turn me back to the person I was before I stepped on the airplane um, Thursday morning last Thursday mm-hmm. and I, I had this this whole thought process this whole thing all mapped out and so we're sitting here and I'm, I got the show page <laughs> up and running <laughs> how travel changes you and then look look at the news and I look down at my cell phone and I'm kind of like I don't want to look at my cell phone because I know whatever this breaking news story is it's going to change my plans. And I really want to do this episode. I, yep. And I'm like, there's a there's this little voice in the back of my head saying, Eric, don't open that email. Don't, Eric, no. <laughs> John McAfee's dead. Yep. John McAfee is dead. And for folks. Damn it, John. Why you got to ruin my plans, man? <laughs> Damn it, John McAfee. Why did you have to do this? You bastard. I mean, this is this is pretty callous. I mean, we're laughing about a man's death. However. Well, he did. He brought it on himself. He literally brought it on himself. Oh, he did. The man. At the end of his life, the man was a loony tune. But I remember. But was he? But was he? We're going to we're actually going to talk about all of this now. Yeah. Well, and that's that's I mean, he was. There, there was an active manhunt, I guess, right, for him by the U.S. Uh, uh, Department of Treasury and law enforcement, federal law enforcement, was literally going after him because of his aforementioned lack of paying taxes. Well, for on millions of dollars, by the way. Well, here, here's we should actually step back and talk about who John McAfee was. Okay, oh, that's and a good point. do we do we want to just read from the Wikipedia page? Because it's like if you, that's the first place you go when people are like, um, hey, who's this person that they're talking about? Where do you usually go? Right. Right. You usually usually go to. Well, if you're like us anyway, you go straight to Wikipedia because Wikipedia has an interesting combination of facts and fallacies. Right. So just the blurb at the top of the John McAfee page on Wikipedia. John David McAfee, born 18 September 45, died 23 June 21, was a British-American computer programmer, businessman, and two-time presidential candidate. In 1987, he wrote the first commercial antivirus software, founding McAfee Associates to sell his creation. McAfee resigned in 94 and sold his remaining stake in the company. McAfee became the company's most vocal critic in later years, urging customers to uninstall the company's antivirus software, which he characterized as bloatware. 
McAfee has also disavowed the company's continued use of his name and branding, a practice that has persisted in spite of a short-lived corporate rebrand attempt under Intel ownership. McAfee's wealth peaked in 2007 at $100 million before his fortunes plummeted in the financial crisis of 2007 to 2008. After leaving McAfee Associates, he founded the company's tribal voice, makers of the Pow Wow Chat program, Quorum EX, and Future Tenth Central, among others, and was involved in leadership positions in the company's EveryKey, MGT Capital Investments, and LuxCore, among others. His personal and business interests included smartphone apps, cryptocurrency, yoga, and recreational drug use. He resided for a number of years in Belize, who returned to the United States in 2013 while he want, oh, while wanted in Belize for questioning on suspicion of murder. He was also a political activist. He unsuccessfully sought the Libertarian nomination for President of the United States in 2016 and 2020. In October of 2020, McAfee was arrested in Spain over U.S. tax evasion charges. U.S. federal prosecutors brought criminal and civil charges alleging McAfee failed to pay income taxes over a four-year period. In June 2021, McAfee was found dead due to suicide by hanging in a prison cell near Barcelona shortly after his extradition to the U.S. was authorized by Spain. Yeah, that's one way you can put it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing, right, about McAfee is he's one of those guys or his life has been one of those things where you listen to it and there's a part of you that's like, that's pretty damn cool. And then... When you look into it a little bit, you know, you find out this is a guy who turned his back on corporate America. He had millions, like more money than you really need to have in order to live. And he decided he's going to go all over the world and do whatever the fuck he wants. You know, and there's there's that hedonistic inner teenager in all of us that looks at that and goes, that's pretty cool, man. But then there's you know, the responsible adult in you that's like, what the fuck, dude, you know? Um, the whole suspicion of murder thing in Belize is very interesting. Now, if you look on his page, they actually have a section discussing the murder, right? So apparently um, they thought he murdered an American expatriate named Gregory Viant Fall. Fall was found dead of a gunshot, and this is quoting from the McAfee article again. Fall was found dead of a gunshot wound on 11 November 2012 at his home on the island of Ambergris Cay, the largest island in Belize. Fall was a neighbor of McAfee's. In a November 2012 interview with Wired, McAfee said, that he was always had always been afraid police would kill him and refuse the routine questions, so he evaded Belizean authorities. Belize's prime minister, Dean Barrow, called McAfee extremely paranoid, even bonkers. McAfee fled Belize when he was sought for questioning concerning the murder. The magazine Vice accidentally gave away McAfee's location at a Guatemalan resort in early December of 2012, when a photo taken by one of its journalists accompanying McAfee was posted with the EXIF geolocation metadata still attached. While in Guatemala, McAfee asked Chad Esley, an American cartoonist and animator, to set up a blog so that McAfee could write about his experience while on the run. McAfee then appeared publicly in Guatemala City, where he unsuccessfully sought political asylum. 
On December 5th of that same year, McAfee was arrested for illegally entering Guatemala. Shortly after, he was placed under arrest, and a board to review McAfee's plea for asylum was formed. The committee denied his asylum, so he was taken from his holding facility to a detention center in order to await deportation to Belize. The next day, Reuters and ABC News reported that McAfee had two minor heart attacks in a Guatemalan detention center and was hospitalized. His lawyer stated that the client had not suffered heart attacks, but had instead suffered from high blood pressure and anxiety attacks. McAfee himself later said he had faked the heart attacks while being held in Guatemala to buy time for his attorney to file a, speed, a series of appeals that ultimately prevented his deportation to Belize, thus hastening the government's decision to send him back to the United States. On December 12th of 2012, he was released from detention in Guatemala and deported to the United States. And then on November, in November of 2018, the circuit court in Orlando, Florida, refused to dismiss a long, wrongful death lawsuit against McAfee for false death. My favorite part yeah. of that entire thing was that the prime minister referred to the man as extremely paranoid, even bonkers. Yeah, but the... <laughs> I mean, it's, sure, it's, Belize it's, doesn't exactly have a pristine law enforcement tradition either. No, I mean, <laughs> I mean, absolutely, totally agree and concede the fact that, yes, he came off as crazy quite often. Yeah. A lot. And yeah. he was a, I don't even know, if, can we call him a charismatic figure? <sighs> What can we call I mean, him? What can we say that's that's truthful and fair at the same time? I think charismatic would would be appropriate because he was and and had a following. He he really had people that were interested in what he was doing in his life. So I think saying that he was charismatic would not be a mischaracterization. Um, I also personally think that he wasn't as charismatic as he thought he was. No, I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, he, uh, he had some rather high opinions of himself. He was definitely very arrogant and very full of himself. That's, that's, oh, yeah. there's no, there's no way around that. He's had oh, yeah. a very high opinion of himself. I want to see if I can play this clip here. And see if okay. see if see see if whether or not I have the settings correct here. Let's see how this plays. He has a crazy laugh. Uh, it sounds fake. I'm not. I'm just going to play the clip. This is like yeah. I'm trying to figure out how long ago. This is from Disclosure TV. And, okay. <clears throat> and he published this little clip. He had a recording studio, and I don't know where this recording studio was. I, I, I'll speculate later, but I'm just going to play this clip and you tell me what you think. The deep state is a conspiracy theory of, of uh, it's defined as the people within the U.S. government and military who are in secret control of government policy. <laughs> secret? <laughs> Please, people. The deep state is those people within the U.S. government that are career employees that cannot be fired by people that we elect by the Congress or the President. Um, there are the FCC, the, uh, the CIA, the Securities and Exchange Commission, uh, the IRS. Are these people in control? 
Can they enact laws? Fuck yes. They're called regulations. For every law that Congress passes, and we elect Congress to pass our laws, there are 20 regulations enacted by federal agencies that have far more impact on our lives than anything Congress can possibly pass. Is there a deep state? Yes. Uh, can we fire these people? No. Can presidents fire them? No. <laughs> it, it's designed that way so that political parties and political interests cannot affect the deep state. Do you understand the nightmare of our situation, people? <laughs> oh my God, sorry. that laugh. It's not secret. It's as open as anything could be. In the past, since 1975, 200,000 regulations have been passed by federal agencies, uh, encompassing 800,000 pages of fine print uh, people. It is no secret. It is as open as it can be. The deep state does control America. Wake up, people, please. God, use some common fucking sense. Thank you. <laughs> That's a fake laugh. It's real. Totally fake. That is the most real, authentic, hysterical laugh of my entire life. Here's a guy who is obviously an insider, okay? He had money and he had access, especially in... Uh, the 1960s and 70s and throughout the 80s, I believe. Can we also throw in the 90s? He's He's been a part of the establishment for decades. Right. And for whatever reason, there's something, something in him snapped. And he went on this, I guess you could call it a crusade, to sort of expose the deep state and explain to people how our technology is being used against us to surveil us and keep tabs on us. They don't need to put trackers into our bodies via immunizations. We, we carry around trackers all the time and we actively put in data all the time. Yep. We're, and we're giving this away for free. You and I have done episodes of this podcast. When Walt Schnabel and I were doing the metaphysical connection, we did episodes on this I have talked about this on the podcast off and on since 2009 about how um, George Orwell was basically an optimist. <laughs> yep. And there are things that I have talked about that have caused trouble in my life. I have raised some flags. Um, perfect example. I, I was talking about how I was traveling last week, came back Monday, and when I went through the um, the security checkpoint, where it's like they look at your they look at your ID, and they they type your name or they type your license in, you type type in your license number, and your data pops up on the screen for them to look at. And when the person behind the, the, the plexiglass looks at you, looks at the screen, looks at you, and there's this weird long pause, 
you know something's up. Yeah. I know something's up. I know that something probably popped up on the screen that made them look at me a little longer than they do other people. And one of the things that I talked about with my aunt over the week is that how, mu- how much of what Chuck told me is true and how much of it was bu- just bullshit that he made up because he wanted to keep me on the hook because someday he's right. going to tell me everything. He's going to reveal everything someday, but just not today. Right. And he didn't get to do that um, before he died. How much of it was bullshit and how much of it was true and factual? There are things about him that raised a lot of like some of it. Some of it makes sense. Some of it connects. And some of it is kind of like dude was living out of a van for the majority of his life in the past 20 years of that life. And and um, he had the lethal combination of being both lazy and paranoid for whatever reason. And I have talked about some of the things that he has talked, that he told me. And it turns out that some of the things that he had told me, I should have kept to myself or I should not have put on the podcast because it's caused me a lot of trouble. And um, Doug and I had talked about this, I think, on a previous podcast. When we came back from going to Disney World, going to Florida, we flew back into Manchester and I left my um, MK7 uh, gas mask bag that I that I use for everything from my camera to sunscreen for whatever. It's the same one that Indiana Jones wore in the Indiana Jones movies. Right. And I, I accidentally left it behind on the airport underneath my seat. You're supposed to put things under the person in front of you, their seat... But because whoever was traveling with us, he had already put stuff under his my, his seat. So I put my bag under my seat and I accidentally left it behind. And I went back to the airport to see if they had it. And I was in a room for a couple of minutes talking to a Department of Homeland Security agency. Apparently, he knew all about the Fedora Chronicles for reasons I don't know why. What was I doing traveling with a GPS on an airplane? Why was I traveling with a GPS device, such as the Garmin, in my travel bag? And what's with all of these business cards for the website? Yeah. And it was just like, I'm sorry, why are you harassing me about my website where it's like I just I talk about goofy shit like conspiracy theories and stuff. And like hauntings and 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 UFO sightings, right? And the deeps and, and don't you realize you're just feeding into it? <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's a point where it's like, and it was like I also do like movie reviews and music reviews, right? And and it's, and, and I also had a section where it's like I was talking about like the horror stories of, of working in in restaurants, and and it's like there's it's not it's just it's not a conspiracy theorist website per se. Right. And it was just like, you know, um, and I, it's like I was given back my bag and I said, I'm free to go. Just watch myself. Yeah. What the hell is that supposed to what, be? What, what is that? Now, now, the thing is, is that, I mean, they might have thought that I was a part of some paramilitary group because it's like I'm using an army surplus bag for wherever I go. It was it was ju- it was just this 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 bizarre thing. And it was just like that kind of behavior when I'm at the airport sort of like fuels my speculation. 
like why why me why am i'm not a fr- i'm not a big deal to anybody except for my friends and families and our dozens of listeners to the podcast all over the country and all over the world right. not exactly you know some sort of massive um underground movement or right. something so the thing is, is hardly it, the rebellious type right and it's that kind of extra attention that feeds into my paranoia i'm already a little paranoid but when they do stuff like that, it makes me even more paranoid. And it makes me wonder, is it worth it? Is it is it worth the weird glances from the people at the Department of Homeland Security who have to go through all these people? They spend a couple of extra minutes looking at me, right. giving me the, the, the stink eye. So you look at somebody like John McAfee, and John McAfee is very vocal. He's very vocal talking about the same things that we talk about. But he has an insider perspective that we don't have. He had access to all of these corporations. Like he, he was a software program designer for NASA for a short period. He, he had access to all of these other corporations and making apps for Apple and Android phones. And one of the things that he talked about is that this is how they keep tabs on you. They, they're surveilling you for their own nefarious purposes. And here's how to get around that. Well, and this is where you also come into things like the the Patriot Act comes into play here. The Patriot Act basically says that the federal government can absolutely keep track of you using GPS that's on your phone. And they can store that data until they have a need for it. You know, I mean, that's, one of those things where it's like, we allowed that, we let that happen. How how could we have been that stupid, really? You know, just it just makes your it makes you wonder sometimes. Um, we tend to laugh at the people who do, don't trust the government very much, but then stuff happens sometimes, and you're like, you know, they may be the ones that are actually not off their rocker. I may be the one that's going a little crazy here. Because the government does not deserve to be trusted is what it boils down to. You know, we look at the the Patriot Act. We look at various other things that they do. They wouldn't surprise me if they have dossiers on all of us, but we don't know if they do. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that they we know that credit card companies track us through our, our buying activities. We know that. Right. Uh, the government tracks us with our, our our employment status and our employment history through our social security number for good reason. We, yep. we, we know that the big tech corporations keep track of us through our, our, our social media postings. I mean, the thing is, is that we're giving away information left and right via uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, our, our, our search results. On Google, Yahoo, Bing, whatever you use, DuckDuckGo is my personal favorite. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, you read these reports about how your data is being abused. Yeah. And of course, what do you what do you do with that information? What do you do with the the, the fact that why yes they they are tracking you, and they are tailoring ads for you using the information that you already gave them. One of the things that you have said over and over again, the internet is not free. No. Okay. If, if you can't, if you can't find like where you 
where you pay for this. If you can't figure out how they're making money, what's the product that they're selling? You. It's you. You are the freaking product. Yep. Okay. The information that you provide to all of these big tech companies is a, is a gold mine for various other companies and corporations. And it was like when um, another perfect example is Alexa. And it's like there were a time when Carol and I were talking about buying something. And then we go and we sit down at our, at our computers and we start scrolling through Facebook or, or, or Twitter. We start seeing ads for the thing that we were just talking about. And that's not a coincidence. No, no, of course not. That's, in fact, by design. Yes. That is the point of Alexa and all of that. And we forget that with our cell phones, anything that is billed to us as being a convenience to us is also a means for convenience for them. Them meaning whoever it is that's giving it to you, right? Could be the government, could be some corporation, right? When you go into a grocery store, the way the grocery store is laid out is based on studies that they've done of how people navigate throughout that store, right? And sometimes when you get aggravated because they've changed the way the store is set up, that's so that you walk through the entire store again and you're more likely to do an impulse buy when they do that. We all know this. Yeah. We just don't think about it. We just don't want to think about it. Right. We, and that's, that's the key point, isn't it? We don't want to. We don't want to admit what we already know we don't want to admit that people that you know quote unquote we trust are actually not all that trustworthy no we don't want to admit that no matter how much or how often it slaps us in the face with like hey look this is exactly what we're doing and why you shouldn't trust us yeah this is this is why you should not trust them right exactly because it's as much as things cost us money to do and see and and all of that, it costs corporations money as well. It's the world is not free for us. It's not free for them. It really isn't. No. And a lot of times we turn a blind eye to that for convenience sake. Oh, yeah. You know, and that's not doing us any good. It's not a good thing for us to ignore. But we do. We all do it. I do it. I don't want to think. You know? I, don't, I don't want to think about this. To be honest with you, I generally no. do not want to think about it. Now, here's a guy who is, um, he had questionable behavior. Let's just put it to you that way, right? And he's, as far as I understand, from what I, he, he's, he was not a, a nice guy. He was interpersonally, not, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I the thing is, that. is that he had he had some serious issues. Yeah, he was not. Um, my understanding was he was not a pleasant person to work for. No. And, but his public persona was somebody who was saying, hey, guys, you, you need to you need to do this, that and the other thing. You need to get you need to um, uninstall the software with my name on it. Right. Because not only was it antivirus or not only was it an antivirus program. It was also being used to monitor you, I guess, is one of the things that he had said. Well, yeah, but also 
one of the problems I always had with McAfee is he was like, you can't trust those big corporate people, but you can trust me. And his name is on a big corporation. So it was one of those things where it's like, you can't trust those other guys, but you can trust me. And even knowing that he no longer had anything to do with the company that bore his name, he's still making a shit ton of money from it. You know, he was still making a crap ton off of McAfee products that were being sold, even though he didn't want to have anything to do with the company. Well, you don't want to have anything to do with the company, but you don't mind the money. You right. don't mind the paycheck coming in, you know, or the royalties or whatever the hell they call it, right? So he can say all he wants, but the truth of the matter is, is I look at him and I'm like, yeah, I, you're one of those people that I shouldn't be trusting. Yeah, so, exactly. You're giving me talking, every, you're, you're giving me every reason why I should not trust you. Right. You know, and, and he, he's he's complaining about himself right. to us and then telling us why we shouldn't trust other people while at the same time being one of those people he's telling us not to trust. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. You know, there's, there's times you just look at stuff and you're like, you're not really paying attention to what you're saying there, but you're really the implications not. of it. You're really, he's, he's really not. Or maybe, maybe that it's like one of those. Maybe he is. Maybe he is. Maybe he's. Um, and this, this is like the, this is. Are we making a like a um, a mountain out of a molehill in talking about the fact that he was on the run for years, if not a decade or more, from tax evasion, and <sighs> and and quote other reasons. He was always alluding to the fact. That he was run, he was he was running from the law. He was running from. He was running from prosecution. Well, see, therein lies that's the complication, right? Because was he really? He tended to portray himself as, like almost like a Robin Hood right. figure, right? Um, part of the nobility, but I know because of that, I know everything that's wrong with the nobility. Um. I personally was very skeptical about a lot of his claims. It's all fine and well for him to say he's on the side of the angels, but he's doing so while still profiting from all of the things that he did when he supposedly was working on the side of the devil. Right. So how trustworthy is he in that particular case? Is it one of those things where, you know, he was just in a shit situation or he, he had his eyes open because he saw something, you know, was there like a Palpatine-like figure that illuminated things for him and he realized, oh, I'm I'm on the wrong side of this. I need to get away from it. Right. I mean, it's possible. He may have realized something in the course of doing business that made him uneasy and made him decide, I need to rail against this because these guys, you know, the rest of the, the population has no idea what's going on. That's all possible. Yeah. But that laugh in that audio you just played. Yeah. That that little giggle. <laughs> right? It just came across, to me anyway, it came across as so smarmy and just self-important and just a little bit, just a little bit of a cackle in there that was like, all right, now I'm uncomfortable and I don't want you around my children. Right. You know, he's just, 
his message may have been fine, but his means of delivering it did nothing to make me want to believe him or trust him. Right. And that's the thing that's sort of like, I really sort of question his motivation for telling all of us about the evils of these large corporations that he had a part in building. Whereas right. it's like, like once he started to be excluded and exiled from the company that first, the company that he built with his name and other companies that he was involved in, it's sort of like, it was a bit like sour grapes or he's trying to like poison the well that he just drank from. Right. Because, Oh, they don't like me anymore. I'm going to go, I'm going to race to Twitter. Or I'm going to race to social media and tell you, like, look, this company that just fired me, this is why this is a bad company. They just fired right. me, so I'm going to... Well, here's the thing. Why didn't you quit first and then tell us? Exactly. Exactly. Why, Why? oh, oh, now it's a bad thing, and you no longer work for them. So it was okay when they were still paying you money. Right. That's okay. Right. It, it, was, it was okay when you were taking a paycheck from them. But now that you've been enlightened, trademark pending. Well, shucks, now Bucky. it's Yeah. Because now all of a sudden I'm kind of like thinking to myself, I'm sorry, exactly why did they fire you? Why did they let you go? And why, um, why are you telling all of this now? It's sort of like if I got fired from a kitchen where I used to work. And I'm saying, oh my God, you should see the horrible things that goes on behind the swinging doors at this restaurant. Right. Right. And it's almost as if I'm trying to destroy the company or the, the restaurant that just fired me. Right. If I had and any integrity at all, after I saw the horrible, horrible stuff that goes on behind the swinging doors, I should have quit first and then said, oh, my God, this place is you. Sh this place is disgusting. Right. If it really was that bad, why did you wait until you were no longer there? Now, the obvious answer is that you waited until you were no longer there because you didn't want to lose your job. Okay, well, why didn't you look for another job? It's one thing to me. It if you quit someplace and then start railing against that place, you at least have a little more gravitas, a little more believability than if they fired you and now you're bitching about the place. See what I'm saying? It is. I mean, it's 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 just you don't. If you quit, it's because you're like, all right, I need to find another job. So I can still support my family, but I need to get out of here because A, B, C, D, X, Y, Z, because they suck, you know? Right. No, that's exactly it. That's that you should have quit when you had the chance earlier. Right. Why did you, you know, but if you're fired, well, that could be just sour grapes. You know, like when I was working at a, a major, a company that is a producer of storage, we'll phrase it that way. Mm-hmm. Their chief technology officer went to their number one competitor, and then all of a sudden, that number one competitor had access to the technology that was being pioneered at the company they just left. Clearly, dude stole some of that technology. He stole those those plans, I guess, for because I've been watching Star Wars too much. Um, he stole <laughs> those. He stole that technology when he went to the competition and gave it to them as part of negotiations for a higher salary, I guess. Well, there are laws against that shit, man. And yeah, that person was sued. And I don't know how much money they ended up paying, but 
once the technology is there. It's not like you can say, all right, now you have to destroy all of the technology that the guy sure. brought over there. Right. You know, you can say that, but let's be honest, it that's not going to happen. Right. Oh, look, we happen to develop a very similar technology that we've been working on for decades. Yeah, that's it. We've been we've been working on this as a super secret project. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And uh, we're calling it, oh, you're calling it shingling? Well, we're going to call it um, tiling. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I know it looks a lot like it, but it's it's not the same thing. Honest, you can trust me. And I did it all with my girlfriend, uh, Morgan Fairchild. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That's it. Who I've seen naked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I've had sex with her. And... Uh, and she, she liked, liked it. There's so much of that that's just ridiculous on the face of it. If you naturally have gray hair, you obviously know the reference to the John Lovett characters that we're, 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 we're making fun of right now or we're, yeah. we're parroting. Um, and then the, the entire aspect of his campaign while he's overseas trying to become the libertarian candidate Apparently become, he was back in the United States for that, though. He'll come back to the United States for that. If he's president, yeah. then he can pardon himself for his tax evasion. I guess he must have thought. Well, meanwhile, you have uh, um, Joe Jorgensen, who was running for the you know for president. She she's the one who got the Libertarian nomination, and it's and I think to a small part, if I had known this, I think I would have asked um, uh, Doctor. Dr. Joe about this. Um, was he running for president for archivistic reasons or was it to get himself out of trouble? That's the other thing. Well, that, that I question. And he's not going to give you a straight answer and anyone else. Anyone anymore. else's answer is pure speculation. No, even at the time, even when he was alive, had you been able to interview him, he was not going to give you a straight answer. We know that. We know he's not going to give you a straight answer. Why? Because he's getting involved in politics. Therefore, he's a politician. Therefore, we can't really trust him. It's okay. He's telling us all the dirt about the other politicians we can't trust. Right. Exactly. You can. You can. You can trust me. I'm not like the others. Right. Which is, uh, it. I honestly don't know what to think about John McAfee, because when I heard that he was killed in prison or he died in prison. Almost exactly the same way that Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. Right. And now people like the media will say, well, of course, that's the, the means they have at their disposal. But here's a guy who repeatedly said, I am not going to kill myself. So if you see that I'm dead, someone killed me. But then again, he's just crazy enough to have done that intentionally say all of that stuff intentionally so that when he does decide to kill himself he can with his you know last fuck you you know what i mean it's just well, so he is he here's the speculation on our part you and i both agree to these three points about john mcafee he was a corporate insider and he yeah. had all the secrets and all the dirt on all the corporations that he worked for and and the government corruption thereof. We we agree that with that, right? Right. 
We also agree that he spilled the beans and he shared what he knew with the public for reasons that are, 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 are questionable. I have no Correct. doubt that there was some archaistic reasons for why he did what he did. You and I both agree. Right. That there, 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 there are two reasons why he spilled the beans to the public, why he told the public everything. Yep. We also agree after spending a couple of hours doing research into his life, he was not the most mentally stable person. Right. He was on, he was on the run for various reasons, including tax evasion. Now, all he had to do was make everything right with the IRS. He could have served, he could have served a couple of years in prison and then he would have been out. I don't think that he would have served a life sentence in prison for tax evasion. Granted, well, he's in his see. 70s. He's in his 70s. Yeah. A normal person would have thought, okay, I'm going to spend um, a couple of years in club fed in a minimum security prison. I don't think that he would have been in a maximum security prison. I don't think that I don't think that he'd be thrown in the supermax with the most violent offenders you can possibly imagine. Right. Okay. Um, and that and that there is in this day and age there is no such thing as equal protection under the law. It's like if you commit certain crimes, you go to this prison. If you commit other crimes, you go to that prison. Okay. Right. All right. He he would he would not be going into the same prison with violent offenders. He probably would have served, and he wouldn't even serve out his entire sentence. He probably would have served out like maybe a third of it before they let him out on parole for good behavior. Right, like like uh, Bernie Madoff. Sure. Right. You know, so, but that's not what he chose to do. No, quite the opposite. Yeah, he did the thing where you know, he's I don't know. He again, what annoys me about him is he's this rich guy who's trying to appeal to the common man right. that he doesn't understand. Have you ever been to Belize, Eric? No, I haven't. I was in the Coast Guard and I've been to the Caribbean and I've never been to Belize. I've never been to Spain. Have you been to Spain? No. Right. So here's this guy trying to say that, oh, he's just like us, you know, and he's, you know, telling us the things that we need to know about those evil bastards. While at the same time, we're, and I know we've already talked about this, while at the same time, he's one of those evil bastards. You know, he's doing what they all do in that he's trying to have his cake and eat it too. I didn't pay taxes for decades. You know, he actually kind of bragged about that at one of the libertarian primaries. He actually said he hadn't paid taxes since 2010. And he was like proud of it. Right. Which to a libertarian crowd, yeah, that would be something that they're like, eh, good for you. Yeah. But at the same time, well, then fucking pay your debt to society, you know, yeah. fucking you're willing to take credit for it. Well now take accountability for it. Stand the hell up. Yeah. Cause here's the, here's the thing. I have to pay my taxes, right? Take, do what you have to do. And then when you're in office, change that shit. So the rest of us don't have to. Exactly. I don't understand the. I don't understand why this is such a big deal. I really don't. I don't understand why people like him who, make a fortune 
seem to think that they don't have to pay taxes. Right. I don't understand this because, I mean, that's the, I mean, look, I'm sorry. That's just life. Yeah. What was it they, they used to say when we were kids, the three things you can count on in life, death and tax, death, the, taxes, and water being wet or something like something that. Something like that. Something to that extent. Yeah. And you no, know, and, and the thing is, is that I really don't have a lot of sympathy for him. I really don't. Oh, yeah. I don't have a lot of sympathy for John McAfee. I mean, granted, okay, yeah, he he died. He passed away. I, I have wonder, sympathy for his family. For I have that, sympathy though, for him. his family. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know if that goes without saying. I, I, I don't know if that goes without saying, Jay. Yeah, that's yeah, true. I'm not I'm not really sure. Um, but the other aspect of all of this is that he kept warning us that if he's killed in prison, if he dies in prison, it wasn't a suicide. He said that time and time again, and he was killed or he, yeah, he died the same way Epstein allegedly died. Now, let's just address the other aspect of this that we haven't touched upon. What if he was killed by somebody in the American government? What if he right. what, what what if he was suicided for whatever reasons like he said he would be? Why? What what is it that he had to say? that they were so afraid of him saying in court or once he reached the, sh once he knew that he was captured, he was going to release all of this information. What right. was he going to say or do once he was apprehended and given over to the American authorities? What would be the purpose of him being killed? Right. What was so dangerous that he was going to expose that agents of the government or agents within the government had the need or felt the need to prevent him from speaking, from his story getting out. What was so important? Now, again, cannot understate this. It is entirely possible he did kill himself and made all of those statements just so we could ask the questions we're asking. I think that's, I think that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah is that he he is or he was so crazy that that's not out of the realm of the possibility. Right, which is a little weird, if I'm being honest. I mean, you and I, we, we talk conspiracy theories, but we also try and entertain the ones that are more believable. Right. Right. We're not out there saying that the Earth is flat. We're not out there saying that we never landed on the moon, right? Right. You know, the, the the conspiracy theories that you and I seriously entertain, and just because we talk about it doesn't mean we're entertaining right, it. Right, right. But the ones that, you know, when we're talking in private, the ones that we seriously entertain are the ones that have that element of believability to it. Right. And John McAfee getting killed is questionable, very questionable. Why would, what did he know that was so worthy of him getting killed. And he is also crazy enough that he could have said all that shit and then killed himself anyway, specifically so that he would still be talked about. Now, I don't think he's, I don't think his desire for fame is, I don't think he's a narcissist 
who would go to those extremes just so that people keep talking about him. I don't want my name to die. Because if he was like that, he wouldn't have sued to have his name taken away from the company that he right. was founded and then railed against. Right. Right? So that part's out of character. But at the same time. But at the same time, Jay. It's just fucking crazy. It's not, uh. it's not out of the realm it's not out of the realm of possibility because you and you and I have this agreement. Mm -hmm. I think you and I both agree that Jeffrey Epstein was suicided. Oh yeah. We understand that. We completely completely agree that Jeffrey Epstein was murdered because the whoever they are didn't want him to talk. Right. All right. And there's a lot of things that have come out that we have yet to talk about here on the podcast. Um, like the thing is, is that the the guards who were in charge of watching him have now admitted that either they fell asleep or they were asked to leave their posts. Now their stories are changing. Right. Okay. Ghislaine Maxwell has been a, a source of information for, for prosecutors. We, we don't know exactly what she's saying, but she's saying she's talking a lot to somebody. Or so we're being given to understand. Right. There is um, there's a great podcast out there called The Prince and the Pervert, and they do these short little shows talking about the latest little tidbit that has been coming out. And the more the more time that has passed since Jeffrey Epstein's death the more other people are being brought into focus, being brought into light. This is what this person knew. This is what the, that person knew. You look at somebody like um, Bill Gates, and the more that mm -hmm. we look into Bill Gates, the more we realize um, he, he was not a nice man by any stretch of the imagination, and that now that he's getting a divorce, we're learning more about his personal life and his unsavory appetites. Just, just Let's just leave it at that. Right. Okay. We're finding out more and more about how like nef nefarious the deep state is. Right. And how they're able to get away with things that people like you and I couldn't even imagine getting away with. We're looking at somebody like John McAfee, who was on the run for at least a decade. And he kept saying over and over and over again, I'm not going to commit suicide in prison. I'm not going to commit suicide in prison. Whatever happens to me, if, I, if I'm killed in prison, don't believe it. He's apprehended. He's about ready to be turned over to the authorities here in the United States. And then he hangs himself in prison. The one thing he said he would never do. Right. And we can't even begin to speculate. What, what, what was he going to say? What, what was he going to unveil to the rest of the world? Right. And again, why was it worth it to kill him? I don't I, I don't even know if whether or not. Oh, we don't even know if he was killed. We don't even we don't even know. We don't even know if he was killed, because here's the other thing. You do a search for John McAfee. Do a search for John McAfee right now. Okay. Look him up. And the thing is, is like, are, are there any other conspiracy theorists out there who is talking about John McAfee? That's all news about. It's all news about him. Yeah, he died. He died. Found dead, dead of apparent suicide, dies in Spanish prison, software pioneer turned fugitive, dead at 75. 
antivirus entrepreneur found dead in Spanish prison. Yeah. And apparently he lost a, a bunch of money, but he was still able to trot his ass around the globe, wherever the hell he wanted to go. So, And he got involved with cryptocurrency, which, let's be honest, there's a number of conspiracy theories that around cryptocurrency to begin with. So, yeah, I don't know, man. This is one of those things where it's like, what the fuck? This is like a developing story. This oh, absolutely. Is, this is like, now, if you do a quick search on DuckDuckGo, John McAfee, Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Uh-huh. McAfee referenced Epstein in suicide tweet. Ominous suicide tweets or stir Epstein style links. Was McAfee linked to Epstein? Right. And that's from a website called Miaw.com. So take it with the grain of salt. Exactly. Uh, QAnon followers spread suicide. Yeah, that because QAnon's all about that shit. Claim Epstein could not. McAfee claimed Epstein could not have hanged himself. If I suicide myself, I didn't. <laughs> McAfee found dead. Did he kill himself? Linked Was McAfee linked to Epstein? Was McAfee linked to Epstein? Yeah. One of the suggested searches is McAfee connection Jeffrey Epstein. And it's all the same thing. Here we go. I, I'm, I'm going to read this from you from PJ Media. It's from PJ Media. Take it with a grain of salt. The right. Spanish newspaper El Mundo first reported the death of the 75-year-old McAfee CNBC reported Reuters and the Associated Press confirmed the death. McAfee lawyers told Reuters that his client apparently hanged himself. El Mundo, citing a uh, Catalan Justice Department report that the prison medical professionals attempted to resuscitate the prisoner. Authorities arrested McAfee at the Barcelona International Airport last October on tax evasion charges, which are pending in federal court in Tennessee. According to the indictment, McAfee earned millions of dollars in income from promoting cryptocurrencies, from consulting work and speaking engagements, and from selling the rights to his life story for a documentary. From 2014 to 2018... Hold on a second. Um, no, that was not the deep state barging into my office to kill me. That's my son with a fresh cup of coffee. Ah, is, so nice. isn't he awesome? Oh wait, that's not for me. You're, ah! inter- I can go make you one. You're interrupting the podcast to bring in a cup of coffee in this room, and it's not for me. <laughs> Holy crap! So. <clears throat> From 2014 to 2018, McAfee allegedly failed to file tax returns despite receiving considerable income from these sources. The U.S. Justice Department alleged that in October, in March, persecutors in Manhattan federal court charged McAfee and Jimmy Watson with alleged pump. Huh? I know it's a Freudian slip, but it's prosecutors, not persecutors. Okay. Prostitutors in Manhattan... (laughs) federal court charged both McAfee and Jimmy Watson with an alleged pump and dump scheme in which they allegedly brought up large quantities of cheap cryptocurrency then promoted them online with false and misleading tweets to jack up their market prices. While the extradition agreement may have provided McAfee with a motive to take his life, his death 
seems rather suspicious after the tweet above. Now, what about Jimmy Watson? And should we, we should we be watching to see what happens with Jimmy Watson? I honestly don't know. I mean, I I I've, I saw Jimmy Watson's name come up doing research, but I literally don't know shit about him. I don't know a damn thing about him. Here's the thing about conspiracy theories, and maybe this is a, um, a, a, a warning for other podcasters, is that this is, this is a rabbit hole that's pretty shallow. This is a shallow rabbit hole, for, as far as I can tell. There's no yeah. there there. Because as far as I know, John McAfee, doesn't ha- he doesn't have any juice. He doesn't have anything. He doesn't have anything to offer. He doesn't, he, he doesn't have anything that he could. There's nothing dangerous that he knows that I can right. tell. There's not a lot of speculation saying, you know, see, I got the best kid in the world. Is there ice, is there ice in that coffee? Oh my God! He he knows exactly how I like my coffee. You're 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 a keeper. You can stay here another day. Um, honestly, why? We'll negotiate what, rent later. There there is no speculation on what McAfee knew and why he was a danger to prosecutors. Right. So I I, I think that the, this is this is a shallow rabbit hole for the time being. Right. For at least at this stage, based on what we know, there's nothing here to indicate um, any sort of how to phrase it. Um, there's nothing at this point to indicate that it conclusively was not suicide. Right. Now, Spain is not a third world country. They have competent police forces. They are. Um, they know what they're doing. You know, we don't generally talk a lot about Spain no. um, in America. We just don't. But they are not, it's not like, you know, he was found dead in a Belize, in a prison cell in Belize or Nicaragua or Cuba, you know. they they're, they're, There's no reason to suspect that the Spanish government is either corrupt or incompetent. There's no reason to have any suspicions like that. So, you know, there's a party that does kind of wonder about some things, but I don't know. I think in this case, McAfee, I think he just killed himself. I do. I think, you know, that last tweet went out nine months ago. A lot can change when you're in prison for nine months, you know, and it's not outside the realm of possibility that someone from the State Department spoke to him and was like, listen, you're going to be extradited. We're bringing you up on charges. You're looking at spending the rest of your life in federal prison. And this is a guy who, for the past, what, 20 years, has been running around the globe going wherever the hell he wants. The idea of being stuck in one place may have just been too much for him. I don't know. We also have to talk about this last thing before we move on to talking about next week's episode, okay? Yep. Provide, providing, of course, nothing else happens. 
<laughs> right? As long as as long as the world cooperates with us, damn it. <laughs> um, Mike Rothschild, and the fact that his name is Mike Rothschild is probably going to raise some eyebrows because of you know every conspiracy theorist has at least heard of the Rothschilds. Oh yeah. Okay. John McAvee's final Instagram post, a giant letter Q. The post went up around 1.15 PST, meaning he was likely already dead. But he or someone on his team knew exactly what to do to achieve the maximum shitposting effect. This this is from MSN.com. The letter appeared in reference to the far-right QAnon conspiracy theory, which is based on false notions that former President Donald Trump was attempting to take down a deep state cabal of human traffickers and pedophiles. McAfee's Instagram has since been removed. Instagram did not immediately respond to the insider's request for comment. Shortly after the Q post went up, the company told insiders that it was looking into the post. It is not immediately clear who had control of McAfee's Instagram account. Insiders contacted McAfee's wife, Janice, and his lawyer for comment. Your, her husband just died and you want to know about his last Instagram post? I think that's pretty fucking yeah. cold. Well, it, yeah, but it's the press. What are you going to do? So somebody on his team allegedly posted just the letter Q on Instagram, a picture of the letter Q before his his Instagram was taken down. His Instagram account was taken down. Yeah, well, I don't know. I think people are reading into that way too much personally because that could very well have been someone at Instagram just fucking around, right? Because they knew it was going to be taken down. So it could have been just someone that, <laughs> wouldn't this be funny? Let's see him go fucking bonkers about this shit. I can see people doing that. I've been tempted to do that. If I worked at a company like Instagram, I would continually be tempted to do such things. It is not the right thing to do. I'll acknowledge that. I'll admit that. But I am not always a good person. No. I mean, we we, we know that I'm not a good man. We know that there are aspects of me and my life that is... Um, there are aspects of me that I, I'm ashamed of. Right. And me too. Uh, there's there's parts of, of me, of my personality, of who I am, that I sometimes look back on and go, what the fuck, yeah, dude? Yeah, yeah. You know better than that. Be, be, before we close this out, Jay, I would like to play the audio for from his last tweet where he talks about um, why power corrupts. Oh, that sounds interesting. And no, that's that's not the, the 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 TSA or the DHS coming in here to whack me. That's me shutting the door to make sure that the sound of the dishwasher in the next room <laughs> doesn't disturb us here. I'm gonna see if I can play this here. It helps you see the thing is it would make for much better pod if I actually had this up and ready and prepared, ready to go. It's a shame you can't just you know go and post edit and just it's it's a it's 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 a shame that i can't do this okay it really is john mcafee people john mcafee i guess there's no point in following and by the way for some for somebody 
who was supposed to know all of this stuff and has all of this insider information. And, and he, he kept telling us and warning us about the deep state. I would have thought that more conspiracy theorists such as ourselves would be following him on Twitter. Well, yeah, but again, he was a little bonkers, even for conspiracy theorists. All right, I'm going to play this. Let's see. Let's, let's see. Great. Why does power corrupt? Well, let's take a look at the human species. Uh, humans are compassionate and loving, gracious, kind, generous people. Uh, we are simultaneously greedy, jealous, envious, angry. We were mixed back. And if you give one of the human species power, which part of ourselves uses it? Love? <laughs> Love <laughs> does not need power, people. It flowers from the heart. Grace? <laughs> Grace certainly uh, needs no power. Compassion, generosity. No, these are simply things that flow uh, from our good nature. What uses power? Well, <laughs> Greed certainly needs power, doesn't it? If you have enough power, you can take any fucking thing you want. Uh, anger. Oh, anger definitely would love some power, would it not? <laughs> Envy? Well, with power, uh, whatever you're envious of, you can duplicate uh, on your own. No. It is that negative, unsocial not life-supporting part of the human animal that needs power. Nothing else needs power. And so we give people power over others through government, through military. And we expect uh, <laughs> them not to be corrupt. Wake up, people. Be very cautious who you give power to. Thank you. Nothing creepy about that. There's nothing weird about that, but that is the perfect place to leave this topic. This is uh, this is probably going to be the only episode we're going to do on John McAfee, unless something else happens that's worthy of your attention. Not not Jay's attention, your attention, you, the person I'm talking to right now, you, the listeners. Yep. Okay. Especially my super fans in Tucson, Arizona. I want, I want to promise you that we're probably done with this topic unless something else happens that's pod-worthy. Congratulations on surviving another episode of the Fedora Chronicles radio show. Find out more about the Fedora Chronicles by visiting our website, thefedorachronicles.com. That's where you can find our show notes, past episodes, and articles. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram by simply searching for us on those platforms. Don't forget to join our group on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so that you can keep up with what we will be talking about in the next episode. Facebook, Twitter, and our email address, Chronicle at google.com, are great ways to drop us a line with your comments and show topic suggestions. And if it's any good, we promise we will read your comment on the air. Support the show by contributing to our Patreon page. 
patreon.com slash Fedora Chronicles. For a mere dollar a month, you get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're doing, and for $5 a month, you get all that and a t-shirt and coffee mug of your choice. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you to all of our listeners who are already contributing. You can also support the show and show off your incredible, impeccable taste by buying our merch at Zazzle.com slash store slash Fedora Chronicles. The theme songs for the show are Royal Flush and Black Cabaret by Olive Music. All other music on the show is listed on the show page and has been provided to us by Premium Beats from Shutterstock. Copyright The Fedora Chronicles 2020. All rights reserved. On behalf of my co-host Jason and I, this is Eric Renner King Fisk signing off and reminding you Keep your chins up and your fedoras on.